Welcome to Logically Speaking, where we discuss the latest trends and challenges in cybersecurity with the top experts in their field. You're going to learn how to keep your data safe, your operations sound, and your business ready for whatever comes next. This is Logically Speaking. Today, we're speaking with Ben Denkers of Quiet AI. And uh, Ben, thank you so much for, for spending some time with us today. I uh, wanted to just start out by asking uh, if you wouldn't mind sharing your role and your experience in cybersecurity. Yeah, absolutely, Steve. Appreciate the opportunity. Always uh, great to catch up. Uh, as Steve mentioned, my name is Ben Denkers. I'm the Chief Services Office here, Officer here at Quiet AI. Uh, my background has been in security consulting for the last 20 years with an emphasis on application security, incident response, and overall risk management. Uh, I have had the pleasure of uh, working you know, in all industries, finance, manufacturing, healthcare, uh, helping organizations not only identify vulnerabilities and, uh, and, and potential risks, but helping them mature their security and application uh, programs. So it's great to be here, Steve. Yeah. Uh, why don't we start out just by you know, starting uh, with why is it that you uh, specifically wanted to work in DevSecOps? Uh, rather unique uh, niche part of cybersecurity and wondering, you know, why is it that, what was it that attracted, attracted you to uh, DevSecOps? For me, uh, maybe it's I'm a glutton for punishment, I suppose, but, uh, but realistically speaking, I think the more appropriate answer is, you know, if, if you take a look at applications and risk in general, uh, where fundamentally they begin is, is, within coding, right? So you can't have vulnerabilities without an application and you can't have an application without doing development of said application. And so for me, figuring out where I can have the most impact on change, uh, DevSecOps is a, is a great example of, of, of you know, where I would wanna start as, as somebody who's interested in, in AppSec security and wanna have the most positive impact, uh, you know, as it relates to security or maturity of an organization. And you mentioned vulnerabilities in in the application arena. What are some of the greatest weaknesses that you see today that companies are struggling with addressing or identifying? What are, what are some of those weakest areas in that in that arena? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a very long list, uh, but I'll, I'll give you some ideas. Right, I think for some some of the top of mind uh, that that or I should say some of some of those weaknesses that come or at are at the top of mind include things like lack of security awareness and training. Uh, you have developers and other stakeholders that may not be well versed in secure coding standards and the latest threats. Obviously, if you're not, then this can lead to security vulnerabilities being inadvertently introduced in applications, right? So you're writing code, you're not sure how to most effectively write code from a, in a secure manner, and that results down the line uh, in, into vulnerabilities and in, in, potential compromises. I think also a lot of organizations have inadequate security policies and processes. Uh, this, you know, can be clearly defined, uh, you know, security programs or AppSec programs. These are all examples of, of areas of weakness that a lot of organizations have, especially if they're doing active de development. I think if you take a look at uh, you know, the security testing of the applications within the environment as well. Oftentimes organizations aren't doing enough, primarily due to resource constraints, uh, but relying solely on manual testing and not conducting security testing at all ob obviously results in vulnerabilities going undetected, uh, putting applications at risk as well. If we move into kind of 
the more generic security controls, right? We often find that a lot of organizations uh, have controls that are in place that aren't properly configured. Misconfiguration of those controls, such as you know your typical firewalls, access controls, even encryption settings, uh, often leave application vulnerable to vulnerable to attack as well. Um, in development or DevSecOps, a lot of times developers are relying on third-party components, and we find all the time that many applications that rely on those third-party libraries or components often introduce vulnerabilities that the organization isn't even aware of, right? So they're leveraging something part of as part of their code base that is obviously potentially vulnerable as well, yet they don't have the ability or skill set to identify uh, prior to it being introduced into the application. Uh, other other areas that I, I could talk about are things like legacy systems, outdated technology, uh, and just more standard process, right? So, like, think about how instant response within an AppSec uh, within an AppSec environment uh, might might play into effect, right? So, an application gets compromised. Do the organizations have those instant response plans in place in order to properly identify? or be able to respond to those instances? And, and how quickly can that code be changed? Oftentimes that's not a trivial thing. Uh, you have applications that have you know, complex APIs and those APIs introduce risk. Uh, and then lastly, one of the biggest challenges that we see is just culture in general, right? So think about it like organizational culture, uh, a, a culture that does not pri prioritize security or really foster co collaboration between not only the development or engineering teams, but the security teams uh, often hinder the effectiveness that that organization, uh, you know, that that organization's application security or DevSecOps program, uh, you know, how effective it is from a general perspective. Yeah, you know, yeah, I wanted to just interject something because in my experience, I find that developers typically want to provide a, a end user experience that's that's ease to use, you know, the, the, the user interface is accessible, but security isn't always front of mind. It, you do you find that as a challenge as well? And how, how do you suggest that people address that during the secure lifecycle development of, a, of an application? Well, I think sometimes you have competing priorities or what, or the perception of competing priorities. But at the end of the day, when, when you realize and you have this collaborate, you have this environment of collaboration between security, between product and be, between the business needs. I think if you have that open forum and are discussing, you know, what do the developers need in order to make, to do their job the best that they can, what does security need and how do we apply the resources to ensure uh, complete coverage that everybody gets what they want. I think that's really the best answer. Um, not as easy as that, right? Like that's, you know, putting that into practice obviously can can be more difficult. Uh, but ultimately, it's about recognizing what the business needs are and then adjusting priorities based upon that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I appreciate you mentioning that. You know, you, I want our listeners to know because I, I'd love for you to explain kind of the this concept of DevSecOps and how it differs from the more traditional DevOps practices, right? Because I think it's 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 an evolution, but but I want to get your kind of your opinion on how you would explain that concept between DevSecOps and traditional DevOps. Yeah, for sure. I mean, DevSecOps is really the integration of security practices into the DevOps process, right? Uh, it's it's aiming to kind of make uh, security an integral part of that software development and deployment lifecycle. 
Uh, traditional DevOps focus on collaboration between development and operation teams, whereas DevSecOps brings security into the mix. Really, the point of that is, is to enable kind of this continuous concept of security throughout the development process. That's great. Thanks. You know, I want to I do a little shift because I know that uh, your, your company, Quiet AI, is, is very much focused on the uh, integration of artificial intelligence. So can you talk a little bit about the role that AI plays in that integration of security practices along with kind of AppSec, DevSecOps lifecycle? Yeah, absolutely. So for us, AI is the future, right? It's not even like it's, there's there's no question, um, which is why we've developed as part of our product models that allow us to enhance security by finding what we would what we like to call uh, pre pre zero vulnerabilities, right? So so the idea is as if we're so early in the development process in terms of being able to analyze code and to identify vulnerabilities that we want to identify those vulnerabilities become before they even become zero days, let alone anything else. Uh, and one of the, the ways that we do that, right, is leveraging advanced AI models that allow us to, uh, you know, not only be more effective, but but scalable, uh, you know, especially with organizations that have, you know, thousands of applications, large code bases, et cetera. So we, this is, you know, just something that came up. Is that then becoming even more predictive than than what your traditional kind of signature based systems are able to detect? Uh, are you, oh, are you anticipating yes. those? It's it's night and day different, right? So from from our perspective, the efficiency that the models are are getting uh, in terms of not only vulnerability identification but just uh, the the reduction in false positives is absolutely fantastic. And so think about if you're if you're doing a manual code review as an example, right? All of the opportunities that the human human element or human error could potentially introduce. And so uh, while it's you know you have to have a person reviewing code. In this particular example, right? If you if you're reviewing a, a million lines of code, that's not going to be very efficient. It's going to take a long time. But if you can train models and have uh, you know applications that kind of do the heavy lifting for you, imagine the amount of uh, of coverage that you're going to be able to have, and then you have the reliability of the AI model to identify those vulnerabilities. It's just it's it's really the the way of the future, in my opinion. Can you talk a little bit about that a little bit further, like? How are AI-powered tools enhancing that security? I mean, you mentioned it. Can you give a couple of examples of maybe um, beta testers, customers of yours that are actually um, utilizing that to enhance their security? Yeah. So today we have we have AI built into uh, you know the, the product as it is, right? And so anyone who's leveraging the pop, the product has that capability. Uh, Quite AI specifically evaluates code you know, during the development process, right? So we want to make it easier to address potential issues, find vulnerabilities very early on in that development uh, process. So we integrate within the CI-DI pipeline, analyze, you know, essentially large code bases, not only quickly, but accurately, uh, you, leveraging AI as part of that process to ensure, you know, security is built in from a continuous perspective. And then we also highlight what vulnerabilities are reachable. And I think that's primarily one of the coolest things that we offer other than the AI is you have a lot of, uh, you know, you might have a lot of vulnerabilities or, or issues that you might um, identify as part of kind of static code analysis. 
but not everything is is necessarily exploitable or reachable within the application. And so we kind of take it a step further and say, hey, you know, we've identified all of these thousands of vulnerabilities that you need to address, but then we help pri prioritize uh, leveraging obviously AI and then, um, you know, the, the concept of reachability to have a tailored focused view on, on what an organization needs to do to, to fix from a prioritization perspective. You brought up an interesting topic, and I want to I want to kind of shift the conversation into um, the maturation of the the security application program. Um, if you could share, so our listeners can learn what what make up the key components of a mature application security program. You know, how do they work together to maintain that robust security? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot, right? But you know, I would say the key, you know. Components include things like a well-defined security policy. Uh, you have threat modeling, secure coding practices. Obviously, security testing plays a role. Uh, continuous monitoring. Uh, you have all of the kind of uh, ancillary services as well, like things like instant response and ongoing training. Uh, to me, these components work together to really create a comprehensive and you know proactive approach to you know not only application security but DevSecOps in general. And with the ultimate goal of obviously, you know, reducing vulnerabilities and risk and, you know, help if the organization happens to be compromised by a vulnerability, then you have, you know, a clear set of processes or, or uh, uh, in place, like from an incident response perspective to quickly identify and then remediate. That's fantastic. And, and how does quiet AI help organizations kind of assess their maturity? Um, let's say they they have an existing application security program. Um, how do you, how can you walk in and, and assess that and help them mature that? Yeah, absolutely. So part of our consulting practice is really around helping organizations, you know, evolve or mature their, their application security or DevSecOps, uh, you know, programs or practices. And we do that by really leveraging NIST and OWASP frameworks uh, to evaluate how effective what they're doing today is and if it's you know if and if there are gaps that might exist uh you know as it relates to things like best practices um really we're looking at processes in place technology you know what training is happening and then kind of like the collaboration between security and and engineering uh to you know help steer or build a roadmap for those organizations to say okay these are the types of things that you need to do in order to have a more effective and more mature program uh and, and here's you know either the resources or technologies that you can implement to kind of solve some of those systemic issues yeah that's a great point um can you discuss a little bit more about how a company could take advantage of uh, various types of consulting services uh, if they're looking to improve or build an actual application security program? Yeah, I mean, so so AppSec and DevSecOps is full of opportunities, right? I mean, most organizations, you know, they 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 have minimal skill sets, but really the biggest challenge is just resources. And so, you know, consulting opportunities include things like uh, security assessments, gap analysis, policy development, uh, risk assessments, pen testing, threat modeling. I mean, the list is really goes on and on and on. Uh, but the goal here is is really to not only you know help assess where an organization is and kind of that maturity uh, you know of of the program, but also potentially help them assess the technical aspects of maybe their applications, their environment, uh, their users, uh, and to to really identify. First of all, 
do they have the proper security controls in place? And second, uh, how effective are those security controls in protecting against various types of risks and threats, et cetera? No, that's great. I, I appreciate you sharing it. Um, in your opinion, Ben, why should an organization invest in AppSec or DevSecOps and and maybe maybe even talk about kind of the barriers of entry why wouldn't they? So first, why should they? And then why wouldn't they? Well, I, I would say the first thing, and this, again, long list, but you have, it, it's really to protect sens sensitive data, right? I mean, you know, applications off, often handle sensitive data, such as PII, maybe financial transactions, you know, or even IP. Uh, investing in AppSec and DevSecOps helps really protect this data from obviously unauthorized access, potential breaches, ensuring, you know, maybe even ensuring compliance with data protection regulations and, and really ultimately maintaining customer trust, right? Uh, but if you if you want to talk about a little further than that, right, you have things like uh, mitigating security risks, right? Uh, you have improving uh, deployment effect efficiency, you know, so by integrating security practices within the deployment process, DevSecOps specifically can help kind of identify and resolve some of those issues earlier. So if we're, if we're investing in security and DevSecOps is identifying uh, vulnerabilities and threats prior to say an application going live, well, the downstream effects of that are just multiplied, right? Because now you're identifying vulnerabilities before it even reaches a production stage and therefore the users aren't impacted, the data isn't put as impacted and your, your risk of compromises significantly obviously goes down as well. And so, you know, ultimately, like it's if you're going to build it, build it right. And and introducing security as as early as possible in any program or process uh, just overall helps ensure that data is safe. Customers can trust what you're doing, so on and so forth. Yeah, I, I want to pivot a little bit on and talk a little bit about data privacy rights. And there's and you're aware, um, lots of states are coming out with um, regulations about data privacy. How does application security address the data privacy rights or things like GDPR, in, in your opinion? Yeah, so I mean, the, you, obviously, a, a application security really, or really AppSec programs in general, should ensure that the sense of data, such as PI, uh, is you know like encrypted both in transit and uh, you know at rest and and you have those kind of basic blocking and tackling, uh, but you also have application security that controls things like uh, access control, right? And so those applications making sure that you know when proper access control. Uh, or making sure that I should say access control is properly implemented also helps ensure that only obviously authorized individuals can access, you know, or modify data. Uh, you know, these are all types of things that help ensure the safety and integrity of the, the data itself, right? So secure, secure storage, uh, you've got obviously privacy by design, uh, where you might be incorporating privacy considerations, uh, whether they're regulatory or not, into the application process. From the beginning right and so again if we take a look at where uh you know if you want to have the most effective appsec or devsecops program and in this case privacy by design doing that from the beginning really helps establish uh you know what needs to be done when and where right and so it really helps allow uh, if you if you want to follow the concept of privacy by design to do it from the beginning because it gets so much harder uh, if you're trying to bolt it on later and, and uh, I would also say, like, 
data minimization is also another big deal, right? So uh, as it relates to privacy, being able to ensure that the, the application in question, right, is only collecting minimal data, it's only retaining minimal data, and you're not, you know, in, introducing additional risk by uh, collecting too much and storing it in, in proper um, you know, mechanisms, I should say. You know, I was thinking about um, and, and interested in your thoughts about uh, application development in cloud infrastructures and or, you know, um, infrastructure as a service. Does that introduce any inherent vulnerabilities or security uh, concerns if it's done in the cloud versus on-prem? Do you see a difference in that at all? So I, they, I mean, anytime you're talking about the cloud, uh, you you have your own set of security concerns as well, right? So uh, it, there's certainly going to be additional things that organizations need to look at in order to, to, you know, maintain a, a secure environment. And so that could be things like how are developers uh, accessing that particular environment, right? Do you have things like uh, defense and depth strategy or using two-factor authentication, you know, uh, principle of least privilege? right into those environments. But now think about, you know, from a cloud perspective, you have a generally a larger attack surface you have to worry about uh, and, you know, more accessibility, which makes the efficiency go up, but potentially also, right, if, an, if, a, if, if that environment were to be compromised, it has its own set of unique, what I would call unique uh, issues that organizations have to be prepared to deal with. Yeah, I, I want to ask you about zero day attacks. Um, and I just, you know, I read a report recently that found like 83% of all applications that were tested by this, this one provider, um, over 85,000, had at least one security flaw. And um, this one provider found over 10 million flaws in the 85,000 that they uh, tested. Um, there's tons of, of gaps in, in application security, which I, I that's why you're in the, in the space. But how would a company or how would you suggest a company identify zero day? Is there a is there a way to prevent that zero day attack? That's not, you know, that that exploit that is not quite, you know, in the wild yet. Yeah, I mean, for, for from us, we like I said, I think I mentioned at the beginning, you know, we kind of coined this concept of pre-zero, uh, which is is a little bit cheeky. But the idea here is is like leveraging quiet AI as part of a uh, you know, part of part of your application or DevSecOps process uh ultimately allows us to identify vulnerabilities before they become vulnerabilities, right? And and essentially before they become a zero day. Uh, you know, that an attacker might have identified and, and is now leveraging to compromise, you know, that particular application. Uh, but, you know, outside of that, more generically speaking, you know, preventing zero day attacks can obviously be challenging uh, due to the nature, you know, of, of that most organizations don't have the proper SDLC processes in place. They don't have mature DevSecOps processes in place. So a lot of these get missed during the development uh, cycle, right? And so, my recommendation is is that if you if you focus your efforts during that, uh, you know, as far left as possible during the development phase, uh, you're able to identify potential issues before they become, you know, large headaches. And so, if you can do that in pre-production, well, guess what? You've just now potentially saved your organization within an application, right? Of of having a vulnerability that could potentially be uh, exploited or uh, compromised. Uh, and so 
for me, like the focus really needs to be in DevSecOps or, or uh, you know, the SDLC process in terms of identifying and helping prevent that. Yeah, no, that's a great point. All right, I, I, I've got two more for you. Um, what are the top three challenges in AppSec that you would say uh, would help our listeners if they had to prioritize? Um, because as you said, there's a plethora of challenges that are out there, but if there are just three that in this space for application security, if they addressed, they would be better off than most. Okay, so I would say like my number one would would be integrating security into the development lifecycle, right? Because I think that if you, if organizations do that properly, then a lot of the downstream effects of of application vulnerabilities goes away, right? Because if we can identify it before it becomes production, and we can identify it in code, and we're doing things based upon a a, a set of best practices, it inherently in, in helps ensure that the application is more secure, um, and so. You know, making sure that those security practices are, are seamlessly integrated into that SDLC process is obviously challenging, uh, but to me, it's it's one of the most important things that an organization has to get right. Uh, I would say the second thing, and you kind of touched on it right at the beginning, was is balancing speed and security. And so, you know, I think there's the concept of managing the business requirements, but I think also DevSecOps needs to kind of deliver secure applications at a rapid pace just with in order to to make sure that you know the organization is meeting those business requirements but but the challenge is, is like what is that right balance right between speed and security uh, and is, that is often something difficult that organizations uh, struggle with uh, but if you can you know if organizations uh, you know might, really they should uh, ensure that security measures do not slow down the development process. And that's why like quiet AI and, and building into the kind of that, that CIDI pipeline and doing it continuously helps make sure that it's, uh, you know, applications can get reviewed and, and pushed to code or pushed to production much more quickly. Um, but obviously that would be probably one of the second things that I would highlight. And then, and then third, I would say managing third-party components. Uh, applications often rely on kind of those third-party libraries and, and components, which oftentimes introduce security vulnerabilities, especially if they're not being managed. And ensuring that all of those kind of third-party components are vetted, securely configured, and kept up to date is really essential for reducing kind of security breaches. Because, you know, developers like to save time, right? It goes back to the speed thing. And so often they're, they're using snippets of code or libraries uh, that may already have vulnerabilities uh, and, you know, introducing that into their applications, obviously it becomes problematic very quickly. Yeah. yeah. No, great point. Thank you for sharing that. Um, final question here. If, if you have one kind of tagline for quiet AI, what would it be? Oh, that's funny. Uh, I, I would say, you know, we hush the noise and amplify DevSecOps. Uh, that would be kind of my, uh, my response, but uh but yeah, for sure. Our, our goal really at Quiet AI is to, you know, kind of silence the noise and quiet, uh, but amplify DevSec's uh, opportunity and ability to identify vulnerabilities quickly uh, and to ultimately make the organization more secure. Excellent. Ben, thank you very much for taking the time to kind of educate our listeners, but also sharing just your insights and your experience. And I uh, want to just thank you for, for taking the time to be with us. Well, that's all for this episode. Make sure you tune in next time to Logically Speaking and stay cyber first and future ready.